You're listening to Quick and Dirty History, the show about American history on the go. This episode of Quick and Dirty History is brought to you by A More Perfect Union, with liberty and justice for all. Uh, someday, that is. Look, America was designed to be a work in progress, and someday we're going to get there. So, let's roll. In the summer of 1787, our founding fathers got the pens and pencils, got down to business. It was Constitutional Convention time. Before our founders dialed in the Constitution, though, James Madison got busy. In the summer of 1786, James Madison decided he was going to study... Governments throughout history! He actually got a chalkboard and listed all the vices and virtues of every legitimate government throughout human history, circling the cool shit and crossing out the bunk stuff. That's kind of-ish how our government was created. Before it came to fruition, there was work to be done. Not everyone was on the same page. Big surprise. In order to get people on the Federalist page, James Madison, John Jay, and Alexander Hamilton started publishing some well-thought-out propaganda letters called the Federalist Papers. It was one of the best public relations campaigns of all time. These fellows wrote 85 articles and essays promoting the ratification of the United States Constitution. The goal was to intrigue anti-federalists and convince people of the need for a very strong federal government. At the Constitutional Convention in 1787, George Washington came out of retirement to preside over the meeting of 55 delegates in Philadelphia, representing 12 states. The creation of the Constitution involved major debate and constant revision. The delegates barricaded themselves inside Independence Hall during the hot Philadelphia summer and eventually signed the Constitution, which created the modern American government. Rhode Island was the only state to throw up the middle finger and not show up. State representatives agreed it was time for some changes. There were many concerns to address, and fears of creating a monarchy like the one they had just fought a war to abolish in America was at the forefront of everyone's mind. Some delegates wanted to revise the Articles of Confederation, Others wanted a firm and new national constitution. A lot of people who were against a national government didn't actually go to the convention, and consequently, their voices weren't heard as loudly as those who did want a strong federal government. It pays to show up. By the end of the convention, the Articles of Confederation were out, and the Constitution was in. It became clear to the delegates that the national government created during the revolution was a whack, dysfunctional one. These delegates wanted that tax money, and under the Articles of Confederation, they weren't getting it. The Articles also granted equal say in national policy to all the states, which infuriated big states like Virginia and New York. Smaller states, like Rhode Island, didn't want to give up too much power to their neighbors either. The Constitution had to have equality, but how to do that? Then, in walked the Great Compromiser, Roger Sherman. The representative from Connecticut had a wild idea. If the Constitution created a Senate where the state would have equal representation as well as a House of Representatives, where seats would be allotted by population, then everybody would be happy. 
You probably know the Senate and the House as the two bodies of Congress that never seem to work together. Another really big issue to work out before the Constitution could be signed was slavery. Slavery was a majorly contentious topic, and the founders danced around it without any real resolution. Our founding fathers, on the correct side of history, wanted slavery to be abolished. Others, those I like to call pieces of shit, actually thought it was okay to own a human being, and wanted slavery to stick around. Here, another compromise was reached, a very disheartening one, the three-fifths compromise. This stated that a slave would be considered three-fifths of a human being for tax reasons and determining representation in Congress. Furthermore, as a way to firmly ensure they didn't actually solve the issue of slavery, delegates agreed that Congress couldn't legally end the slave trade before 1808, taking it off their plate. A major third issue was the creation of the National Executive. Would we have a king or a committee as the National Executive? Well, at first, nobody really knew. In the end, delegates decided upon a figurehead who was pretty powerful, but always elected by the people every four years. There's no room for equivocation here. This keeps any president from thinking they're above the law and attempting to stay in office longer than they're elected for. It's literally in the Constitution. If you listen to the news or to politicians today, everyone talks about what is and what is not constitutional. To be honest, I don't know if any of the talking heads or empty suits have actually read the American Constitution. Uh, they should, though. It's not very long. I strongly recommend you go read it yourself. So here's the quick and dirty of it. The government, which was ultimately created and still operates today, is based upon the principles of federalism, operating with the division of power between branches and balancing power between the national government and state governments, all with popular sovereignty, or aka the authority of the people. That's you. So keep in mind, my dear listener, you run the government if you want to. <coughs> Vote. Go vote. Always vote. The great American Constitution is made up of seven articles. The first three articles create the three branches of government. Article 1. The legislative branch consists of the Senate and House of Representatives, where laws are created. Article 2. The executive branch, which consists of the president and the office where laws are applied. Article 3. The judicial branch, consisting of the courts where laws are interpreted. Article 4. A Republican form of government is guaranteed to the people of each state. Article 5. The rules dictating how amendments to the Constitution can be proposed and passed. Article 6. The Constitution is the supreme law of the land, and no state can create a law that goes against it. Article 7. Just confirms that the Constitution is established once 9 out of 13 states have ratified it, which happened a long, long time ago. We have a system of checks and balances which separate powers to keep any one branch from gaining too much power over another. The Constitution is a living document, which means that it can change or be amended. So it's flexible to move with the times and the progression of our country. Believe it or not, it's true. Trust me, I know because I've actually read the Constitution. And you can too. Our founding fathers wanted us to make changes and corrections to the Constitution as time went on. 
Nothing is written in stone. Our Constitution is designed to be the document which evolves and ensures the rights of all people. Just like you and I, the Constitution is a work in progress. And that's exactly what it was designed to be. So, make your voice heard. Remember, the world is run by those who show up.